Peaceful greetings, everybody. This is Chizova once again, and welcome to Words That Inspire, where our goal is always to motivate, to inspire, to encourage, and to uplift. I hope you are having a wonderful week or have had a wonderful week, and that this month of October brings nothing but testimonies and blessings and greatness and God's favor to you and to your loved ones in Jesus' name. Amen. So for this episode, um, if you've been following on uh, my social media and following on my blog posts and YouTube videos, you'll be able to tell I've been on this series, I Am Enough. It's the theme of the series. And really the focus is encouraging us to accept the way we are today and to be absolutely in love with who we are today, even as we fight and and work on bettering ourselves for tomorrow and bettering our situations for the future, but to be accepting and loving and valuing of who we are today. So uh, as I went along in the series, I came across a wonderful woman who the little bit she has shared of her story is truly inspirational and mirrors some of my own. So I invited her and I'm going to be having a discussion with her today. And I'm hoping that as you listen, you are blessed. So her name is Megan Villatoro. She's fondly known as MJ. She's originally from Long Island, New York, but she currently resides in El Salvador with her husband and her wonderful four kids. She loves to write, but she's most passionate um, when she writes about her faith in God, the things he has done in her life. She also writes about uh, Christian marriage, and she writes devotional. So she has two websites, Restore Ammo and Strength and Dignity, and I'll have the link to both of those sites. They are filled with amazing posts and amazing articles that I think everyone should, should read. And so I'll have the link in the description for this episode and also on Facebook. It is her utmost desire that God will use her words and experiences to touch the hearts of others. And we pray and believe that God will definitely do that. Amen. So Megan, welcome to Words That Inspire. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. So um I was going to start, I forgot to ask you when we had our, our pre-recording discussion, how are you and your family holding up in with COVID and everything going on? We're doing okay. You know, um, we're just getting through it. We're pretty excited because just recently they let us go back to church a couple of weeks ago. So we're thankful to be able to worship again with our church family here. Um, but thankfully we've been healthy and we've been, you know, we've been pushing through just like everybody else. So we're thankful for that. Definitely. Oh, that's wonderful. I pray that that continues to be the case for you and for all of us. Yeah, definitely. So um, how long have you been writing and blogging? Um, I started blogging about seven years ago, and I've kind of done it on and off uh, for the past seven years. But I'd say that I just became more serious about blogging and using blogging as a ministry within probably the last three years where I started to really focus on it and um do it more passionately and doing it more as a, a way to reach others and share with other women and encourage them more than I did in the past. Okay. And what inspired you to start in the first place? Um, when I first started blogging about three years ago, like I said, um, and trying to blog specifically for women, um, I had just really had it on my heart that God kept kind of placing it on my heart to do um, like a women's conference where I could just speak to other women and have women share stories of things that God did in their life. And I originally started actually with a Facebook group where I had just said, hey, I'm doing a, a conference and I invited friends to join the group and keep them updated about the conference I was going to do. Um, and then over time, it really just grew into this wonderful Facebook group where I um, I had a lot of women joining and asking to join, and we were posting just um, verses and Christian quotes and little pieces of encouragement throughout the week. And I started thinking, you know, wouldn't it be great to have um, some kind of a platform where I could share devotions throughout the week with them too? So I I thought, mm -hmm. you know what, let me maybe I could start a blog about um, 
for women with some kind of devotions and something, which is which is when I started my uh, strength and dignity blog. And um, it really has been a blessing. I've I've really enjoyed being able to write on there and just share ways that God has worked in my life and little things that he's done in my life to remind me, um, you know, how much he loves us and cares for us and just things in the everyday that I've seen that, you know, are little reminders from God. Um, so mm-hmm. I just started posting devotionals and like inspirational stories on there and sharing them to my Facebook group. And it's just been really wonderful. I mean, we started out with a very small amount of women on our in our group, maybe about 25 women. And now we're at over 300 women in the group. So it's just been a really, a really big blessing. And in a, in a fairly short amount of time, God has really done a lot within that group. And um, I'm really excited to now have the blog to go hand in hand with that. That sounds wonderful. Um, I remember when I, the very first blog post I wrote, I remember I just, I had something in mind and I was searching around for, who do I share this with? Who do I share this with? I didn't know anybody in my immediate physical environment. I mean, I was just, it was something I read or, uh, is it um, between Jacob's wives, um, Leah and Rachel, just some uh, an inspiration I got of who do I share this with? And mm. I decided to write a blog post, and that was how I got into it. I don't think I was on Facebook at the time, though, but that was how I got into it. But regardless of how we get started, the most important thing is um, the inspiration comes from God, and the goal is always to encourage and, and to inspire somebody about whatever the focus is. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. So, so for um, well, I guess you mentioned it a little bit, but if you want to expand on it, why specifically women as your audience or as your target audience? Yeah, um, you know, I just it was just something that I felt like I had experiences in my own life where I had gone to like women's retreats and conferences and things like that that were so uplifting to me and so beneficial to me that I, I just kept the more I kept thinking about doing um, a blog and doing, you know, a Facebook group and things like this, I kept just coming back to this idea that there are women out there who need this word, you know, and I think that as women, um, sometimes we just struggle with things in a different way than men do. You know, men and women, while there are so many things that we all need encouragement, we all need to hear God's word, but there's so many things that we we deal with in different ways also. And I think that um, for me, I know different struggles and different things that I've had in my life that um, with, you know, whether it be feelings of not feeling good enough or uh, not feeling worthy of things or just feeling badly about myself. And I just thought, if there's, uh, if I'm feeling this way, there's probably other women out there who are feeling this way. And I just wanted to be able to share with women and encourage, specifically encourage women um, who were maybe just going through these seasons in their life where they were feeling kind of bad about themselves or questioning whether they were good enough and just be able to encourage them the way that other, other sisters in Christ have encouraged me and supported me when I was in that place. You know, so I I just wanted to focus on women and I just kept feeling the more that I prayed about it and put thought into it and, and really tried to seek what God wanted me to do. I did feel very confident that that was the target, that audience that God wanted me to reach was for other women who were just, you know, struggling with different things, whether it be in their marriage or just in, in their own lives and just what yeah. struggling to find what God wanted them to do or what mm-hmm. their purpose was for you know, their purpose for their life and their purpose in mm-hmm. God's plan, you know? So that, that's how, you know, I decided on women as my, my audience. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, also when you are um, speaking to people or trying to inspire people, sometimes it's really important to speak from a place of experience. If you've gone through something, it's easy to empathize with someone and to explain whatever your own journey is, because really that's that's what a testimony is, right? A testimony yeah. is when you've gone through something and come on the other side and you're telling of it is what either inspires someone to hold on or to draw a lesson from your own experience. 
So in a way, we could say your ministry, you know, is your testimony, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I think, yeah, like exactly what you said, you know, I I think back on things that have gone on in my life and I kind of got to this point where I was like, well, I can be ashamed of things that I've gone through or mistakes that I've made or things that have happened in my life. And I could be ashamed of them and just try to hide them. Or I can talk about how God worked through those things. And, you know, I think like in the Bible, you know, when, when it's talking about bragging in your weaknesses and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just bragging about what God has done in those situations. And, and that's what I wanted to do, you know, is to just say, listen, I've been through things that I'm not proud of or things that have been hard in my life, but here's what God did. You know, here's my failure and here's what God did when he took over, when I gave him the control of that situation, you know? And so I, yeah, I just wanted to use those experiences and be able to share them with other women and just encourage other women who, you know, might be dealing with similar things. And that's really, you know, what my goal was in starting both of my blogs, to be honest, is to just be open, be, you know, really honest with women about, listen, I, I'm a Christian, but my life has not been perfect. You know what I mean? I've yeah. still failed. Yeah. I've still had shortcomings, but God has done amazing things in my life, you know, and let me tell you yeah. about that. So th- that's, yeah. you know, that's my purpose. That is wonderful. Um, and I definitely want us to get into uh, some things in terms of a period or the things you went through or a time period in your life when you struggled with self-acceptance. I know that because of a previous conversation we had. But before we get there, let's talk about self-acceptance or the notion of self-love. What does self-acceptance mean to you? I think self-acceptance, when I think of of self-acceptance, it's like, you know, being happy with who you are, loving yourself, and who God created you. You know what I mean? Accepting mm-hmm. that you're not perfect. You you maybe make mistakes. Maybe physically you don't look the way that you would like to. But you're still worthy because of who you are in Christ. And because of who made you. You know? And to me that's self-acceptance. Is finding that place where you can say, you know what? I'm not perfect. But I'm me. And I'm doing the best I can to be who God made me to be. You know, that's what I think of when mm-hmm. I think of self-acceptance. Now, I've heard from some people who, you know, when we're having a discussion on accepting who you are or you're loving your present self or accepting who, uh, accepting yourself as you are today, they call it laziness or they see it as a sign of someone who does not want to improve themselves. They're saying, oh, you're settling for whatever today. So what would you say to people who have that view when they hear the term self-acceptance? Well, I think that you can, I think you can accept yourself, but still at the same time be striving to be better um, in the future. You know what I mean? Like, except that you're a work in progress, maybe, you know, like I, I am who I am right now. And that's like, here's an example, okay? I had a baby nine months ago and I'm of course still struggling to lose some of this weight that I had gained during my pregnancy. And like the way that I see it is, okay, some days I feel like I'm a failure because I haven't lost this baby weight, you know? But there are other Mm -hmm. times where I'm like, I'm here right now. I haven't lost it all yet. I've lost some of it, but I'm accepting where I am right now. But at the same time, I'm still continuing to work towards the goal that I have, you know what I mean? So I think Mm -hmm. in general, it can be self-acceptance doesn't have to be like, okay, I am what I am. And that's it. You know what I mean? I am who I am. And I am where I am right now. But at the same time, still pushing forward and saying, you know, and and that can really relate to anything. This is where I am in my faith. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to just quit and say, okay, I'm a Christian. No, I'm going to constantly be pushing forward and growing that faith. You know what I mean? So in anything, you can always be content with who you are, but at the same time, still focusing on how you can improve yourself and how you can be the best version of yourself, I think. You know what I mean? In the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that, the the term you use, work in progress. And just to, let me add a, 
a little bit of uh, an accounting perspective to that when we say work in progress. So, for example, a manufacturing company, when they've gotten raw materials, it's not in the final form they want it to be. But when they start working on it, it's a work in progress until it gets to its final form. But even in that state, when it's a work in progress, it's still considered an asset to the company. It's still something valuable to the company. They guard it, they, they value it, and they do not throw it away. Even though it has defects and it's not it's not where they want it to be just yet, it is something that is very valuable to a company. So, you know, when you said work in progress, it just it brought that it brought that to memory. If a company can look at a raw material that is still being worked and say, this is valuable to me. I want to guard it, lock it down, put on security alarms. It's an asset to the company. How much more your own self and your own life? How much more a human being, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's true. So um, why do you think... In my opinion, I believe women struggle with self-acceptance more than men. Or for some reason, we are quicker to, or more prone to putting ourselves down and not loving what we see and not appreciating who we are in the moment. So why is it, why do you think it's something women struggle with more than men? Yeah, I I definitely agree with that statement. I think that women definitely struggle with this more than men. Um, And I think that a lot of it has to do with with our society and just the expectations that they have for women, the pressure that they Mm -hmm. put on women, you know, to to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to be a certain size, Um, you know, and it seems like in our culture and in our society, if you know, it's like there's this checklist. If you don't weigh this size, if you don't look this way, if your hair doesn't look like this, if you're not wearing these clothes, you know, then you're not you're not good enough in the in the sight of the world, you know. And um, I think there's just a lot of pressure, and then there's pressure just even among other women of, well, if you're not doing this and that, you're not a good enough mom. And if you're not doing this at your job and balancing a, yeah. a home life and a career, then you're not really doing enough. And you know, just in general, there's just a lot of pressures that are put on women to, you know, to look a certain way, to to be that certain mom, to be, you know, this and that, and all these other things. And be it's almost like, perfect. Yeah, you have you're expected to be on this really perfect level and this this really ridiculous, uh, kind of ridiculous, you know, idea of what you need to to be to be a successful woman when you know it's, it's kind of unfortunate because most women will never be all of those things. You know, it's almost impossible to be even half of those things. So you might look a certain way, but yet you're failing in another, you know, part of life. And then people are only going to point out those failures. You know what I mean? So I think it's like, you need to just put aside all those expectations and all those stereotypes of what the perfect woman is. And I think that, you know, it's, when we're looking at what the world is telling us we need to be as women, we're never going to find true happiness. You know what I mean? Cause we're always going to yeah. fail on some level. We're never going to be up to the, you know, the level of what they keep telling us we need to be. So, you know, I think we need to, as Christian women strive to be that Proverbs 31 woman, you know, who's just, living her best life in Christ, you know what I mean? And, and walking in the truth and doing those things versus doing those things that the world is telling us of how we need to look or act or, you know, be. And I think there, there's just so much pressure on women from outside, you know, that's making it hard, making us feel defeated, you know, in our own lives. Oh yeah. My mom just always tells me, um, we are unique. God made each and every one of us uniquely to the extent that even identical twins may look vis- you know, visually identical, but there is something different about them. They, are, they don't always have the same personalities. Their DNA might be slightly different. You know, every single human yeah. being on the planet is unique. So if we are also unique, it's very silly to um, expect for 
especially for women, to have this uniform standard of what a woman should be, of how life should be, without accounting for our uniqueness. Now, th there is something you, you mentioned uh, um, that just, I mean, it's, it's really important. I wanted us to explore it a bit more. When you said even other women sometimes put expectations on fellow women. I've never understood that. I mean, yeah. I would ex I would think that as a woman, you would understand the challenges that come with being a woman and, and bearing the pressures and expectations um, expected of you. So why make it difficult for a fellow woman? I mean, I see that. Yeah, um, I agree. The first, yeah, the first place I experienced that was a discussion I was having with a group of women, and it was a woman said she chose to be a stay-at-home mom and other moms in the group who also had jobs outside of the home started attacking her and I didn't get that. I didn't understand yeah. that. You know, you're a mom yourself. You should know the challenges of raising a child. It's a full-time job. And just whatever choice she's made, it's best for her family. So why is one... And I've seen it vice versa. I've seen stay-at-home yeah. moms who kind of mock women who work outside the home and I don't get that either. Either way, I've always said I've never understood why it is sometimes the harshest criticisms I've gotten are from fellow women and I've never understood that. Yeah, I agree. That's very true. I mean, yes, and I've seen it go both ways. You're right. And that's a, such a good example because I think there is and, and I've had times in my life where I've been a stay-at-home mom. I'm currently a stay-at-home mom, and I love it. Um, and there's been times where I was working full-time, you know? And it's just, in my opinion, it was what I needed to do for my family at that time, you know? And doing the best thing for my family. So I think that if as long as you're a mom who is doing the best you can for your family, then you're succeeding, you know what I mean? Then you're being the best you can. And... I, again, like you said, I don't, I don't know why there's like that competition or that, you know, putting each other down when it should be that encouragement of, wow, you're, you know, you're doing so great as a mom, your kids are doing wonderful, or you know what I mean? We, if we were encouraging mm -hmm. each other as moms and as women, like, we would probably see such a difference in how other women feel, you know, we would feel better about ourselves, I think, to know that, you know, other people are seeing what we're doing and that they're not putting us down, but they're saying, you're doing a great job. You know, you're, you're yeah. such a, an impressive woman and, and looking at those little things that we're doing well and talking about those good things instead of focusing on, you know, any negative things that might be, you know, or things that other people are seeing as negative, you know, which yeah. in reality aren't bad at all, you know, as far as yeah. being a working mom or a stay at home mom, you know, yeah, that's absolutely true. So when was, when, or rather, has there ever been a time when you yourself struggled with self-acceptance? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, I think it's something mm -hmm. that I still struggle with from time to time. You know, I think that, um, well, like I already said, you know, I, I did gain weight having babies. I have four kids, so my weight has always been up and down. And it, in general, it's just been a struggle my whole life. So how I look physically, that has always been a struggle for me. You know what I mean? I've always struggled to yeah. accept my body the way it is during any certain time. You know, I've been, I've been heavier, I've been lighter, I, you know, and no matter what my weight on the scale has been, I can honestly say I have never been content with what that weight is. So it doesn't even, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't even matter what the scale says, what size clothes you're wearing, you're always going to find things that you don't like about yourself physically. You're always going to find things that you don't like about yourself, your characteristics, certain things that who you are inside even, you know, I, I mean, I know I tend to be like over emotional sometimes and I hate that about myself because I, you know, <laughs> um, it drives me, you know, I drive people crazy with it, but, um, but it's part of who I am. You know what I mean? And so I think that, yes, it's definitely something that I have struggled with for a lot of my life and have really, you know, and I still try to remind myself sometimes it's okay to look the way I look right now. It's okay to be who I am right now because 
I am who God made me, you know, and would I like to change things about myself? Of course. Would I like to lose weight? Of course. Would I like to change different things about, you know, we, we go through these things. We want to change things about ourselves physically. We change our hair. We, you know, do these different things. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that I have, the more that I have grown up, the more that I have um, just grown in my relationship with Christ, I have finally gotten to a place where, while I'm not always satisfied with how I look or who I am, I know that I am who God made me. And, you know, that to me needs to be more important than the flaws that I see in myself. You know what I mean? I need to remember that I am made in God's image. You know, I am, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what I mean? It says in, in Psalm 139, 14, I am fearfully and, you know, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And um, I think that that is one of those things that when I'm feeling that way and I'm feeling kind of defeated or picking myself apart for one thing or another that I need to kind of, that I used to bring myself back, you know, to reality. And the reality is that I'm not perfect, but I'm who God made me to be. And I'm being the best I can in him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the road to self-acceptance is not, it's not a straight road. There are going to be, days where you feel yourself going back to where you were and then there are going to be good days the most important thing is that the, the majority of your days that it, the, the moment when you look at yourself and you start to beat down on yourself should be few and far far between and when they happen they are just moments and not weeks and months you don't ever want to get get yourself stuck there uh, in that space and so when when did you i mean when did it occur to you that looking at yourself you know you weren't happy with whatever it was you were seeing you know, because I don't think we we wake up. I, I, what I'm what I'm trying to say is, uh, it's not something. It's something that we realize mm-hmm. down the road. It doesn't come to mind in the moment when it's happening or when it starts happening. But down the road, when you look back, you can definitely say, "I don't like myself this way," or you're beating beating up on yourself. And then you look back, and it's been a few years. So when did you realize? Oh, this is what I've been feeling about myself. This is what I've been doing. And this, I I need to change. So what happened that made you think, oh, I need to change this? Okay. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. It's a process. You know, it isn't, it's not an overnight thing. You don't wake up and say, oh, I feel good now. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a hard process. And like you said, it's, um, it's something that it's not a straight path. find times where we flip back and we fall back into those, you know, things of bad thoughts about ourselves. But I think for myself, um, something that really, it really was a wake up call for me is that I, I think, especially in the early years of my marriage, um, I used to really put a lot on my husband and what he thought of me. So, Mm. you know, I was constantly looking to my husband to give me you know, I think my my love language, so to speak, is like words of affirmation. So I really like being told, you did a good job. You look great today. You know, these kind of compliments. And my husband doesn't think that way. So I was putting mm-hmm. a lot of, of like thoughts on, you know, like, okay, my husband isn't complimenting me wearing this new outfit. You know what I mean? I just did my hair yeah. and he didn't even say anything. And I was looking to him and his compliments to make me feel like good about myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I think it, it was rough on our marriage because he didn't understand that that's how I needed to be part of the way that I needed to be loved. But also Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that he was always going to fail. He was always going to let me down if I constantly looked at him to find my worth. You know what I mean? If Mm -hmm. I was looking at another person to validate me and another person to tell me these things and make me feel important there, whoever it is, even the best husband in the world is going to fail at this because he, we're not supposed to find our value in another person or Mm -hmm. in from an, you know, another, uh, uh, no man is going to be able to 
give us that value that we need because that value can only come from Christ. You know, we can only find that value and those kinds of things when we find them in Christ because he's the only one who can't, who will never let us down. You know, he's the only one that will always be there and faithful to us. So I think for myself, um, I started to realize that, that I needed to accept who I am. And my, my path to self-acceptance was when I realized that I needed to stop looking at my husband to give me these things and to make me feel special and important and valuable. And when I started to really look to God's word and look to God to find these things. So, I mean, I started praying about it a lot and just, you know, saying, God, like, help me to understand my own value and why you Mm -hmm. make me and what it is that you want me to do. And once I started praying those things and really trying to bring those things before God, um, that's when I think I started to really realize that that I do have self-worth and I do have, Mm -hmm. you know, value. And I can, while I'm not always happy, like I said, while I'm not always happy with who I am or how I look, I can accept who I am because I know that God made me and that's where I get my value. And I know that at, in the end, you know, it doesn't matter how I looked or what, you know, whatever, other things that I might pick at myself for God still loved me enough to, to die for me and to give me that blessing of eternal life. And so for me, I think when I'm focused on him and when I'm focused on God and what he has done for me, it helps me to realize that I am worthy and I am loved. And of course I still want my husband to say kind things to me and you know, whatever. And, and he's, I think we finally gotten that across to each other, you know, that this is something mm-hmm. I need from you, you know, from time to time. But if he doesn't say those things, I'm not torn up about it anymore because I realize that number one, I know he still loves me, whether he's saying it or not. But number two, I don't need him to tell me that anymore because I'm feeling that from God. I'm feeling those feelings of love and of self-worth because I'm feeling them from God and I'm not feeling let down because he doesn't let me down the way that somebody else will let me down. You know what I mean? So I think that that is such an important step in finding your self-worth and feeling that acceptance and self-acceptance is when you're looking to God for that, that's when you're going to find it. And when you're actually really turning that part of your life over to God, that's when you're going to get to a point that says, you know, I have cellulite, but I am still worthy in God's eyes. You know what I mean? Because (laughs) because whatever flaws we might have, you know, I have stretch marks, but God still loves me, you know, and that is when, you know, when you can put aside those things, those imperfections in your own life. And that's when you can really um, see who you are and how God sees you, you know, the way that he sees you. And that's, that's when you find your value and your self-acceptance, you know? I mean, that is such a testimony. And it wasn't until you, you started speaking, it occurred to me that that is often how, I think there, there are a lot of us, I'll say us, uh, women, who are seeking for affirmation from everywhere else except from the one who created us. I mean, we we want to hear that we, we are okay from, we want to hear, maybe that's why the magazines are thriving. We want to look at the magazine and if it says this is how you should be and we look that way, then we're doing well. Yeah. We want to hear it from friends, from family, from coworkers, from frenemies, from everybody, except from the one source we should rely on for... Um, for validation of who we are and, and who we should be. I mean, the testimonies is, is wonderful. And so you mentioned prayer. You mentioned um, reading reading the word. Now, how about for someone who is in such a bad place that she doesn't know how to pray? That just even because there have been moments where, you know, I'm pretty sure it, it's common for everybody, for you and for me as well. But I know they have, I have been in the past just in such a negative place mentally and emotionally and spiritually that I hear I need to pray, 
you know, like if I read, when I would read a book or listen to the pastor at church, I would hear, you need to pray, but what what am I supposed to say? How do I go about it? So how about to somebody who is in such a state that even though she has heard, you need to pray and read the word to get out of here, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't know where to start or how to start. What would you say to her? Uh, yeah, and I agree. I think that, you know, we all go through seasons of life that it becomes sometimes really hard to pray. And I've definitely been there where, you know, it's like you're so, you maybe feel such a deep depression or you feel so defeated yeah. that, you know, that you don't even know where to begin to pray. And um, I, I think in that type of a situation, um, there's a couple things that you can do. I think number one is that, you know, it tells us in the Bible that, when we don't know what to pray that there, you know, that, um, there's intercession for us. Right. So, um, when we don't know what to say, it's like, you know, the spirit can take over for us kind of. So, I mean, there's been times in my life where I have literally just been like, Lord, you know, my heart, you know, my Mm. heart, you know, these unspoken words that I can't even say right now, I don't even have the strength to put them together, but you know, and I think, you know, he hears those prayers and he knows those, those things that are in our hearts. So I think by just even calling out and, you know, saying to him, Lord, I don't even know where to begin, but you know, and I need your help and I need your, you know, peace in this, um, your strength in this. I think that that can be a good start, you know, to have, um, to just, to just say what's on your mind, you know, and, I think, and this is something that I've said to a couple times to women is that sometimes we think that our prayers need to be very fancy. You know, we think that our our prayers Mm -hmm. need to sound very polished and special when in reality, like some of, I think some of the best prayers I've ever prayed have just been like me sitting in my car, just being like, Lord, these are all the things on my heart. And just me like saying anything I can think of that I needed to just get out, you know? Um, And so I think that, we can just bring these simple prayers and these simple words and, or even just the things that we can't say, you know, Lord, I can't say these things right now. I don't have the strength to pray them, but I know you hear me and I know, you know, my heart, you know, I think that that's something that you can do. I think something for me that's also been very helpful is, you know, well, I'm a writer, so I like to write, but um, I think in general, if you have a, a notebook or a journal or whatever, you can write things down. And I think that that can be very helpful Um, because for me, when I'm going through a tough time or when I, you know, I'm struggling with something and I start writing it, I often will just like let anything that's in my head come out, you know, and sometimes things Mm -hmm. you don't even realize that you're like holding on to or things that you don't even realize are hurting you or are, are like holding you back. You'll be writing and all of a sudden these things come out and you look back and you read it and you're like, man, I didn't even know that I was still hurting from whatever it might be, you know, I didn't even yeah, know that that yeah. was something I was holding on to. Um, so I think writing can be really beneficial and really like a good way to kind of get things out. And maybe even when you're looking through the things that you wrote, you might even be able to shape those things into a prayer somehow, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. or even just use them as a prayer, you know, as like a prayer journal where you're writing it out and saying like, you know, Lord, this isn't fancy. This isn't uh, like a, you know, beautiful prayer that I'm giving you. This is just scribbles in my journal, but this is, I know that you hear me, you know? Um, I also think that if you have like a supportive friend or church family member, Christian mentor, Christian counselor, you know, those things are really special and really important too. I mean, looking back at my life, when I went through some of the hardest times in my life, you know, I had my mom, who has always been, you know, my biggest supporter in my life, um, mm-hmm. sisters, you know, close Christian friends, um, Christian counselor, like these are all people who were there for me when I was going through hard times, you know, an older friend who was kind of like a mentor and sharing things in her life, like those people that I could talk to and say, listen, You know, I think there's something so special about Christian friends or Christian, you know, sisters in Christ who we can turn to. And regardless of what we're going through, they're not going to be judging us. They're not going to be those women that we talked about, you know, who are comparing 
there are situations like I have friends and family members who I can turn to and say, listen, I'm not proud of this, but this is what's going on in my life. And they will, mm-hmm. support me, you know, and they will support me and they will pray for me. And they will say like, listen, don't worry, we got you. We're going to lift this up in prayer. You know what I mean? And so I think the prayers of sisters in Christ is just amazing too, you know, to have that support and, you know, to have a couple really close trusted friends or family members or, you know, church family members who will uplift you in prayer and support you and be there for you when you're going through a depression or uh, like a time in your life when you're just feeling so defeated about yourself or struggling with who you are or what your worth is like that is priceless. You know what I mean? And that is such a gift from God to have people like that, you know, a community, or even if it's just one or two close, you know, friends or family members that will say, listen, I got your back. I'm going to pray this and and sit down and pray with you when you don't know what to pray, you know, or just that you could turn to and say, listen, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to pray and they'll do it for you and they'll help you through it. I think that is a really important thing too, that you can do if you're in, you know, in one of those situations where you don't feel like you have the strength to pray or even open up your Bible, you know, if they'll help you through that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Before you even mentioned it, it was going to be my next question to you about support groups. And so I'm glad you brought it up. Now, previously, you mentioned um, a group you founded on Facebook. So afterwards, if you can send me the link to it so I can include in in the links I put up for everyone, because not everybody has um, family and, and friends that they can rely on to talk to. I mean, I know people who, the closest people to them, let's just say they are those kind of people, when you have a discussion with them, you cannot leave feeling worse than where you arrived. Yeah. So <laughs> you definitely don't, you know, we're not encouraging that. You want to speak to a support group that, even if the problem is not solved right away, but you leave feeling energized uplifted, strengthened, encouraged. So I definitely want to include the um, link to your group. And then maybe I will add one or two others that definitely have have um, been helpful, just a community of women in Christ that have been helpful to me. So we're almost coming to the end. And um, I wanted to ask if you have uh, a few scriptures you want to share. Uh, that have been of help to you that can encourage each of us? Yes, sure. Um, Well, like I already had mentioned previously, um, Psalm 139.14, when it talks about us being fearfully and wonderfully made, um, I just think that that is, when you're thinking of your self-worth, when you think of God made you wonderfully, you know, you were wonderfully made by God. Like, to me, that makes me feel so worthy. You know what I mean? That I'm made by God and the idea of being made in God's image. And when I think of that, it makes me look at it in a different perspective. You know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. I I am made Mm -hmm. in God's image and he loved me enough to create me the way that I am. And, you know, as a parent, even I think of my own kids and like how if my kids are ripping themselves apart and tearing themselves down and saying, I hate that I look like this when it's something that they got from me, you know, it makes me feel like, you know, I, and then when we turn around and do that to God, you know, God made us wonderfully and he made us in his image. And so then when we tear ourselves down, we're hurting him. You know what I mean? And we're, we're like, we're like kind of picking apart his creation, you know? So when I think of it that way, Mm it makes me really look at it in a different way. Um, and then I, I look at first Corinthians six nineteen when it's talking about your body is a temple of the Holy spirit, you know, our mm-hmm. body is a temple. We, we're a place where the Holy spirit lives. Um, and we're just, we're so much more than just our skin and bones. You know, we're so much more than just this simple body. We are a dwelling place of the Holy spirit. And when you think of things, you know, when you put, it into these terms, it really makes it such a different way of looking at yourself as, oh, I'm this horrible body with all these failures and all these flaws. You know, um, when you're looking at it as uh, you're, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit, like 
that makes it sound like your body is worth a lot more than just what it looks like on the outside. You know what I mean? There's so yeah, much more yeah. going on inside of your body that makes it special. Um, and so those are two verses that I just think when I am feeling defeated about myself that I come back to um, and that really encourage me and make me just see it in a different light and really think of, of myself and see myself through God's eyes and see myself as the wonderful creation that he made. And as this beautiful temple of the Holy spirit, you know, that I'm not my own, but I belong to God. You know, it's not, this isn't just my body. I, I am designed to glorify God. And so when I look at it that way, that's when, you know, I really see my worth the most. And those are two passages mm -hmm. that definitely encourage me when I'm feeling kind of down about myself and who I am. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I mean, the first verse, when you were talking about, if you beat yourself up, then it's almost like you're beating up, you know, God's image because he made you in his own image. I have never thought of it like that. That, I mean, that is amazing. And that is a wonderful way to think about it. That when you look down or speak badly of who you are, you are speaking badly of the one in whose image you are made. That is, if nothing else, that is my takeaway from this um, discussion. I have never thought of it like that. That is just a... Well, I'm so poof. glad that, I'm so glad that it spoke to you. But, you know, I, I do, I agree that, you know, it is, it does bring it really into a different perspective. And I think that, you know, Anybody who's feeling badly about themselves, think about who you belong to, you know, and that mm -hmm. is that is more important than anything, anything else, how you look or how you act, who you belong to, you know, and that is where your value and your self-worth really come from. Yeah, yeah. So we have five minutes left and it's customary for me whenever I'm interviewing someone to open the floor to them for the last five minutes and to share whatever it is God has laid on your heart for our listeners. So the floor is yours. Okay. All right, great. Well, I just wanted to speak a little bit. Um, so as I said, and I, I'm going to share with you the link to my Facebook group, but it is a really great group and it's a very supportive group. We have weekly prayer. Um, we do prayer lists and um, it's just a really great group of women supporting other women and uplifting each other in Christ. And um, as you said, anybody who doesn't have friends or family or a church family that they can turn to, I do want you to know that you can turn to this group and you can ask for advice and ask for prayer and, and just share what's on your heart. And we are a very supportive and encouraging community. Um, and in addition to that, we are going to be in a few weeks on November 21st. It's a Saturday, Saturday, November 21st. We are having our third um, Strength and Dignity Women's Conference. And it's a little bit different this year because we're doing our conference online, which I'm actually really excited about because, you know, at first I'm thinking, oh, the coronavirus, we can't do the conference, you know, and I was kind of down. And then I realized by doing this conference online, we have such a greater reach of sisters in Christ all around the world who we can mm -hmm. um, include in this conference. So we are doing it through Zoom. We are doing it online. And um, it's from one o'clock to 3.30 Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, November 21st. Um, and we have three speakers. It will be myself and two other sisters in Christ who I'm just really excited about working with this year. Um, and our topic is about trusting God's plans for our lives when we don't understand them. And I just think it's such a great topic because this year especially has been a year of a lot of unknowns and a lot of just different things that have gone on where people have really had to trust God and trust his plan for things because our plans for this year, a lot of, a lot of them have gotten canceled or postponed or changed. Um, I know mine certainly this year certainly hasn't gone the way I've planned it. Um, so just <laughs> that topic of trusting God and trusting his plans. And we have, um, we're going to be talking about trusting God in unknown situations and trusting him through health battles and, um, you know, difficulties in our health and difficulties in our marriages and um, just trusting his timing and trusting his, you know, overall plan for us. So we would love to have any ladies join our conference. Um, I can give the link to you to post that also if you'd like. And um, we have a special coupon code that we're doing right now. It's conference 2020. And I'll, I'll give you that information too. That's going to save you $10 off the price of your ticket. 
Um, so it's going to end up being less than $20 for the ticket. And it's going to be a really great day. We have a bunch of giveaways that we're going to do from different uh, supporters. We have um, a bunch of resources that we're going to have for women to download and um, access to just a whole bunch of great things, promotional stuff that we have, um, you know, pay printable pages, different encouraging things that we have for women. And um, it's going to be a really great day and a really special day. And I just, I just know that it's going to be something that God is going to use to bless a lot of women. So if there's anybody out there who would like to join us, we would absolutely love to have you be a part of this day and share in um, what God is going to do through that conference. So we're really excited about that. And we hope that, you know, we hope that you guys can all join us and um, that it will just be a really big blessing to everyone who attends. Okay. You know, I, I would just um, lay more, um, or I'll say I'll pick up where she left off in terms of the conference. I signed up this evening uh, just before we started talking, and I didn't know about the coupon code, but that's okay. The ticket price is not high at all. So I would uh, I, I would definitely have the link up, and I would encourage people to sign up just based on what I've read about it. It's definitely a timely topic. It's definitely one we need now. Even more importantly, because at that time of the year, we're just about to enter the Christmas season, which under normal circumstances is it's high stress. And when we're in stressful situations, our, you know, where our minds and our emotions goes every which way. It's the end of the year. My prayer list has not been answered. If you're already in a state where you're looking down on yourself, that's added pressure uh, coupled with the pressure of the holiday season. And then with everything else we've had to face this year with the economy and COVID and so on, it's a stressful period of time, but we'll just be about to enter that period of time. So a conference that deals with trusting God's plans when we don't get it, when it definitely differs from our own, it's it's more than timely. It's definitely needed. So I will encourage everyone again, I'll put up the link, do sign up. Um, I also the information she gives for the coupon code, I would definitely have that on there, as well as the link to her group has, um, so that you can sign up and just be, there is nothing like being in the company of women who are rooted in Christ and will support you and live sight unseen. They've never seen you, but they will support you and lift you up in, in prayers and just it's it's a wonderful space. I, I believe it to be a wonderful space to be in. So it's been a wonderful conversation and I wish we could go for longer. So I'm hoping that sometime in the future we can do this again. Oh, yeah. But uh, I thank you so, so much for uh, coming on, for sharing uh, a part of yourself with us, for sharing words of wisdom. Uh, we are looking forward to hearing from you during the conference and through your blog postings and on your website and, and so on. And it is my prayer for you. It is my prayer for you that your ministry expands and grows, that lives are touched and strengthened and encouraged. And it is my, this, I pray the same for our listeners, that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, that God will be with you and whatever your struggles are, that God will see you through. I thank you all for listening. Megan, I thank you for coming on. It's It's thank been so wonderful. Much. I appreciate it. I'm so, so glad to have been a part of this today. Thank you. Thank God. Thank God. So everyone, as always, I'm rooting for you. Stay safe and remain blessed.